John went to go see Hamilton. Let's hear the let's hear the deets. That's a big show. Hamilton sweeping the nation. Yeah, is it still sweeping? The, is it? Did I still did I sweeping the nation? Hamilton. Hamilton by Lin Manuel Miranda. So I looked up, and you know, we had a, a very popular podcast episode where you did a rendition of Hamilton and turned it into to um, helicopter Tonyton. That was actually two years ago, exactly <gasps> this week. How time flies. Pretty interesting. I know, right? Or Time not, flies when you're really? having fun, and also when you're not having fun, it turns yeah. out. <laughs> the scientists have just determined that, and they also determined that, yes, boogers are salty and delicious. Like that, <laughs> Okay, well, I went and saw Hamilton. It was, um, it was great. Yeah, it was exciting. I did not understand a single word that anybody was saying because – we all know I have hearing problems and I'm getting hearing aids soon. So I, I think that could have been pos- part of it. But part of it is just, is just singing so loud and rapping so quickly. And I wasn't so close that I could read lips. So there were I sort of knew what was going on. Maybe I should have done some more work ahead of time uh, to read up on it. So your review of Hamilton, thumbs up or thumbs down or thumbs oh, sideways? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Really? Great. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the music. I was laughing. It was funny. Um, I think the worst part of it was that it was at the Durham Performing Arts Center and the the uh, the DPAC holds close to 3000 people, of which there were 3000 people there. And I would say that uh, more than half were not wearing masks. So that's surprising to me. Really close together. So um I would assume a Hamilton crowd would be a would be a COVID mask crowd. Yeah, I mean, huh. you know, I'm not big on masks. You know, I know you hate masks and you hate wearing masks. Yeah, and I don't wear a mask a lot of times, mainly because I don't go many places where I would need to. But when I am in a place where I need to, a, a crowded place, or standing in a crowded line, or at a play, sitting next to a stranger, I wear a mask. So I wore a mask. My friend. Um... Devilish Danny, uh, who mm-hmm. you know, John, and who said to say hello to you. I was speaking to I him before we recorded no this idea episode. Who that is. Well, I can't say his real name. Danny? I have, it, you know, uh, it's my friend who was in the movie with Tom Cruise, who, who worked with oh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. So Devilish Danny took his daughter to go see Justin Bieber at the Barclays Center. And he said he was one of 10 people wearing a mask at the Barclays Center. And I said, well, the good, at least. I said this. Oh, boy. And as soon as I started saying it, I knew I had a joke for the ages. He said, yeah, I was like one of 10 guys wearing a mask. I said, well, the good thing is, at least at a Justin Bieber concert, no one is going to be yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs and sending particulate matter directly into your nostrils and mouth. That's good. Because they are doing that. Screaming teenagers going crazy for Justin Bieber. Yeah. Nobody was screaming here. Yeah. they just Justin Bieber is still more popular than Hamilton. I would think so. Right? Yeah. Hamilton has gotten so much media attention and has already achieved the rank of an immortal work of American theater. And yet it really is stunning how many things are so much more popular than Hamilton. It's all just perspective of how you look at it and who your crowd is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. One of the things that I liked about it was some memes I finally got. You know, there's a the, the meme of Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. That's a, like a meme when of... Two things that are going well and then one that's not going so well. I think you okay. see it a lot in sports. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, 
I finally knew that that was from Hamilton. I didn't know it was from Hamilton. That's cool. It's like yeah. when you read Shakespeare and you realize all these common phrases come from Shakespeare. Right. They made them all up, right? Yeah. God, there was one I was thinking about the other day from King Lear. I think we talked about this on a previous episode and I cut it out of the edit, but let's leave it in for this time because it's so interesting. There was some phrase that I read in King Lear or that I saw in King Lear. Let's face it. I bought the book because I wanted to read it and two pages in, I was like, forget it. Let me just watch the movie. And I watched a movie of King Lear. But in the movie of King Lear that I watched, there was one phrase that came up and I was like, no way. Shakespeare made up that phrase too. It's it's like the most common, what's like one of the most common it's so common you don't even think of it as a figure of speech. It's like, oh, you know what it was? It was we've come full circle. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I bet that son of a bitch. I bet that William Shakespeare made that up. And this uh, is the first time it's ever been said. We've come yeah, full circle. But you're not sure, are you? Uh, the vibe was very much like mm, this is where it all started. Okay. He was it's the one that made it of- famous. What? He was the one that made it famous. I think he invented it. Okay. If you ever look at Bartlett's book of quotations. Yeah. You ever looked at that book? I had a copy in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be two names. There's going to be two sources that are going to give you a million quotations. One is Shakespeare and the other is the King James book of the Bible. King James version of the Bible, I should say. Those people were spitting hot fire. It's incredible. All right. It's like Shakespeare invented stuff like maybe we will and maybe we won't. Like in just every, every, every sequence of words that has the slightest bit of life or color to it is Shakespeare invented it. You know, like TGIF, my lord and lady, like that's Shakespeare. All right. Well, according to this, you're right. The wheel has come full circle, referring to the mythical goddess of fortune. Wait, are you looking something up right now? Yeah. That's what's what it, it says? say? It, it says Shakespeare thought, made it up? It is thought that this idiom comes from Shakespeare's King Lear. Exactly. Yep. Quote, the wheel is come full circle. Now, in that quote, Shakespeare was referring to the mythical goddess of fortune, Fortuna, Fortuna, Wheelie. who turned a great wheel of fortune. Oh my gosh, wheel of fortune. Also? Bruh. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay, let's start the episode of uh, Election Profit Makers. Ready or not, here we come, the bad boys of podcasting, little stinkers and deep thinkers, it's Election Profit Makers, coming to you live from podcast studios in New Jack City, USA. On the microphone today, we have two of the top talents in the world of podcasting, the one speaking right now, yes, that's right, the one whose voice you're processing right now is none other than Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And joining me on the line from way down south of North Carolina is Hey, David, how you doing? Hey, everyone out there in podcast land. Okay, let's start our episode Full with a portfolio. circle. It's like when people talk about a vicious cycle, uh-huh. or is it a vicious circle? John, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's one of those things that gets said a couple of different ways. Vicious. Speaking of Sid Vicious, there's a new um, miniseries about the Sex Pistols. With starring Sid Vicious, or uh, I think it's on um, Paramount Plus. I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of showbiz news this week, unfortunately. But there is something going on with the Sex Pistols on TV. What's What's Paramount Plus? Is that like Hulu or something? It's like the Hulu. Yeah, it's owned by um, Charter Communications. <sighs> something. Okay, let's start the episode. Viacom. Okay, let's start the episode. 
Time for a portfolio update. If you want to try predict it like we do, go to. What are you laughing at? This episode is over. What? Uh, yeah, let's go to our portfolio update. Oh, okay. Let's do a portfolio update. I, you know, bought some shares in the Georgia governor's uh, race last week. You decided some, to make uh, a wish bet for Stacey Abrams, right? Yeah, I was able to get those at 19 cents. I bought 100 oh God, shares, not so a low. huge number that got filled. Uh, so I'm up $3 right now on that. Are you going to buy more Abrams? Well, I think, didn't we say we wanted to buy $500 worth? Of Abrams? No, I just invested okay. $500 into my wallet on Predict It. I, oh, okay. I haven't spent it all. I'm not in Georgia at all. I'm not in the Abrams race, the gubernatorial race, or the Senate race, the Warnock-Herschel uh, Walker race. And I just bought into the will uh, Boris Johnson remain British prime minister through August. Oh, we're getting into the – are we getting into the vote of no confidence on old BJ over there across the pond and uh, I'd in like England? to get into it because could you explain it to me? It's really Well, all confusing. I know is that the Queen had her – the Queen had a diamond jubilee last weekend or a platinum jubilee. She's been queen for 70 years, okay? Something and, like and that. And she rode in a carriage. A horse-drawn carriage. From 1762. Okay. This is – we're talking about Queen Elizabeth, the – Queen. Second? Oh, boy. The seams are really showing here when it comes to my knowledge of royalty. She's not the famous Queen Elizabeth, but she might be her granddaughter. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth I II, I think. You know who I'm talking about. The little lady who wears the nice hats, right? Yeah. And, yeah and, she's and been queen for a long time. She's been queen for a long time, and she's and she's been having some mobility issues. And also, I think she had COVID. But in any event, she was able to make a couple of public appearances over the weekend as everyone in the United Kingdom came together to celebrate the one person that everyone still loves, the queen, and her dashing and charming husband, or son, I should say, Prince Charles, the mm -hmm. hero of England and the future king of England, who is going to lead England into the second, its second golden age as he reconquers all the colonies. Really? King Charles. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. He has so oh, much okay. charisma. And also there's a bunch of grandchildren and grandkids running around. And that whole family has just had so much drama and excitement. It's like really incredible. It's like a soap opera. Really, when you think yeah. about the royal family over the years. And it's no wonder that there are multiple television programs that concern themselves almost exclusively with the royal family, like The Crown or The Royals or Downton Abbey or Queen Elizabeth, The Untold Saga or whatever. You know, like people are crazy for the royal family. And I really do think right. part of it is because there's just a lot of really interesting stuff that happens between the individuals that comprise the royal family. In fact, there's a guy named King Andrew or Prince Andrew, and he was like a total pervert, and he hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, and there was this whole thing about how he sweat. Yeah. He didn't have sweat glands, and he couldn't sweat. Like, it's what? so fascinating. Wait a minute. I didn't know that. And he got kicked out of the royal family, or he had like his ambassadorship to Portugal rescinded or something? Because or of the sweat glands? Turn in his scepter? No, because of the – he was being – because he was, I think he was being up sued by a former women. underage oh, yeah. girl who was being sex trafficked. I don't know. The whole thing is the whole thing. They is, took his scepter away. Something they did something where they knocked him down a peg or something. Anyway, let's put all that aside because Julie weekend was all about from. celebrating Queen Elizabeth. Knock, okay, knocked him down a peg. You went. You went. Okay. Huh? Nothing. So anyway, Queen Elizabeth knocked him is down a peg. Oh my God! What? Where did that come from? Probably Shakespeare. Exactly. Exactly. I said it. Yeah. Exactly. I fell yeah. right into Shakespeare's trap. I used another one of his trademark phrases. Yeah, fell into his trap. 
I can't stop doing it. I can't stop doing it. I'm like a moth to a flame with this Shakespeare guy. You yeah, a, a moth to a flame. Imagine never... if Shakespeare was litigious. Imagine the damages he would be making. Right. If he had trademarked all these phrases instead of giving them away for free, like, yeah. like, like a communist, we'd all be so beholden to Shakespeare. We would owe him so much money because he'd be like, Mom, I'm going to the grocery store. See you in 10 minutes. She'd be like, Timmy, why did you say that? That's one of Shakespeare's phrases. Put a <laughs> dollar a in the Shakespeare a jar. Grocery store? Oh, this is, Ma, I hate doing this. This is a real, Shakespeare's a real pain in my ass. Don't say pain in my ass. That's one of Shakespeare's phrases, Timmy. Anyway, the Jubilee for uh, Queen Elizabeth was great fun and it brought England together. And, and that's good because England's been really having some issues and some struggles. And one of the things that they're struggling with is that their prime minister, Boris Johnson, well, he had all these parties that violated COVID protocols. And months and months ago, I had placed a bet that he would no longer be prime minister within 72 hours. You know how I love to go crazy on those bets and I get all excited and I use them as a proxy for actual wishing wells. Right. Well, now, finally, there is a market. There are multiple markets about Boris Johnson, and the idea that he might get a no-confidence vote is kind of gaining traction. Well, there there is going to be a vote today. It's going to happen this evening by secret ballot. It's Monday we're recording this, yeah. Yeah, Monday. So, so I assume we'll know by the time this comes out early Tuesday morning. In order to keep his job, Boris Johnson must win at least 180 votes. It's, it's just a simple majority of the 359 conservative lawmakers. So I guess people read the tea leaves by what particular lawmakers are saying, or it's just room. I don't know how you, how we know how people are, are trading on this. Uh, but it seems like the traders believe that he is going to survive. He's up, uh, about seven percentage points, um, as we speak right now in the afternoon of Monday. So I decided just to go no, that he will not survive. What fun, what fun. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to buy low, sell high. So I figured I would- Shakespeare. uh... (laughs) Right, Merchant of Venice. Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, So yeah, I I bought 100 shares at uh, 23. Okay, no shares are now at 24 cents. And in solidarity with you, and just because we're having fun, I'll buy 100 shares no at 24. We'll probably both lose money. Sure enough, just hours after John and David recorded this podcast, Boris Johnson survived the no-confidence vote. Congratulations to Boris Johnson. Imagine if he did get a no-confidence vote, a vote of no confidence, a no vote of confidence. No vote, no no confidence. No, what do they say? No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Do you know what I'm talking about? No sleep, no Brooklyn. No? No money, no problems, Shakespeare. Mo money, mo problems. Also Shakespeare. He caught oh. you coming and going. Shakespeare would be a millionaire today. There's no doubt in my mind that if he was alive today and he had written those plays, he'd oh. be a multimillionaire. Yeah, I think so. Oh my God. Yeah. People would be up his ass so hard trying to get to adapt his movies. Oh, Shakespeare, you must, my vision for Romeo and Juliet is so unique. You simply must let me license your play. Shakespeare would say, there's not enough tea in China for me to do that. Oh, another one of my wonderful phrases. All you right. guys know how Shakespeare is. Yeah. Anyway, Boris Johnson, what a... Ugh. 
Let's turn now from London to Los Angeles, another world capital filled with royalty, although in this case it's Hollywood royalty, the kings and queens of the silver screen. From Nicole Kidman to Tom Cruise, they used to be married, don't you know? Uh We have no shortage of American royalty. They bedazzle us with their um, performances in movies and television shows, often memorizing many lines to deliver at a moment's notice. As soon as the director yells, we're rolling, they deliver their lines, they act, they emote. And then the director says, stop the cameras now. And they stop performing and they go to their trailer and they rest and they come out and they do it again. And that's how you get shows like CSI Los Angeles or or Harry Potter and the 12. Stop the cameras now. Nebuchadnezzar. So what about some old movies? Ishtar. Remember that one? Ishtar. Boy, we're having fun. You know, when I was flying home from Minneapolis yesterday, I watched an old movie that was uh, among the options provided to me on Delta. Oh, by the way, can I say something to Delta really quick in case the CEO is listening? How come when I went on this flight from Minneapolis to RDU, they said they would assign my seat at the gate. So when I got to the gate, I went up to them and I said, I think I need to get a seat assignment. And they said, oh, you're not you're not going to get that until the moment we process your ticket as we're boarding. And I said, well, can I put on a, put in a request for what kind of seat I would like? She was like, sure. I said, yeah. I would love an aisle seat or an exit row. She was like, okay, write it down and tell me your name. I did all that, did everything she wanted. Then I go to get on the flight and my seat is 27F. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's an exit row. Yeah, that was an exit row. I said, I wonder well, if that's an aisle seat. Yeah, that was an aisle seat. It was the <laughs> last row of the airplane, the window seat, except there was no window. What? Leaning my Maybe. head against the leaning my head against the restroom wall the entire flight. So I was in agony. Maybe it was opposite day. Maybe it was opposite day and they forgot to tell me. That's the exact opposite of what you wanted. I mean, yeah, it truly was. It truly was the exact opposite. I think they were messing with me because they don't like the truths that I say every week on this podcast. But what I wanted to say yeah, was that listen. I watched High Noon starring Gary Cooper on an airplane. And I want to say this Gary Cooper is such. I hadn't seen that movie since college. Gary Cooper is utterly in the wrong in that movie. And the townspeople who we're supposed to think are a bunch of cowards are completely correct. Because in the movie, this bad guy's coming back into town that Gary Cooper sent away, and Gary Cooper's worried that the bad guy's going to go crazy and kill everybody. So Gary Cooper's like, I'm going to protect this town, even though I just got married two minutes ago and it was my last day of being the marshal. I'm going to stick around. The townspeople were like, go away. The bad guy only, the bad guy isn't going to do anything if you're gone. He's only going to cause trouble if you're still here. That's the point. He hates you. He doesn't hate us. Ah, okay. Gary Cooper's like, please help me. I'm getting my posse together. I need some deputies to confront this man. They're like, no, we're busy. We're at church singing hymns. Or the guys at the saloon are like, we like it when the bad guy's in town. Things are really fun. We're not going to help you. (laughs) Gary Cooper gets so disappointed. He goes out and faces them all by himself. It's like, dude, you leave. You should leave. And I know there's got to be something here about cops, the mentality of cops, right? Yeah. Sort of a hero complex. A hero complex, Maybe. but also doing more harm than good. Maybe that wasn't his intention. Maybe that's not the intention of a lot of cops. Well, but that is what happens. Yeah. Uh. So he he, but he didn't want to live his leave his town. He lived there too, right? <clears throat> no, he was moving. He was moving to a new town with his wife, who was Quaker. Oh. Yeah, he should have just left. He You're fucked right. up, man. I think we were brainwashed into thinking Gary Cooper was an American hero, but he actually kind of biffed it. Yeah, there's a lot of biffing these days. That's my take on High Noon. High Noon? Anyway, the reason we were talking about all that. Oh, my God. What were we talking about? Oh, right. Rick, Karen Bass versus Rick Caruso in the L.A. mayor election. Primary is tomorrow, Tuesday, the day you're listening to this, presumably. 
It's probably going to go to a runoff. Did you know, John, that Rick Caruso, the fake Democrat, you know, he's one of these guys who was Republican and then decided to run for mayor as the Democrat. Mm, Michael Bloomberg much, anybody? (laughs) He spent 11 times as much money on this race as Karen Bass has, $34 million, three times as much as Eric Adams spent running his campaign to be the dumbest mayor in the history of New York City. $34 million. Yeah, a lot of TV ads. This better go to a runoff. Karen Bass better win. I don't trust Rick Caruso. Anyone running on Law & Order? I don't know, man. Then I was reading this other article in the LA Times. Wait a minute, he's running on Law & Order as a Democrat? Yeah. That's the sweet spot. People are going to go crazy for him. They love that, Oh, yeah, you're right. A Law & Order Democrat sounds like the best, right? Because then you know he's not a hippie. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm a Democrat, but we're going to arrest everybody we can. And we're going to crack skulls. That's the Rick Caruso, I think. That's how he's going to talk about how he's got all these secret plans to make the city safer. That's going to be nice. What? I I like law and order. I hate law and order. I like chaos. Oh, good joke. Say it again. Say it again. I don't know about these law and order order guys. Wait, no. I like law and order. Let me set. No, no. Let me set you up. I like. No, let me set you up. I don't know about these law and order guys. John, do you have any opinions about law and order? I like law and order. Really? The show. You know what? I like when you and Mike. Fuck my life. I'm in hell. What? Remember when you and Mike did a spoop on the Law and Order? The Law and Order song. Yes. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Our famous song about Law and Order. I think we talked about that on this podcast. All right. Go to bit.ly slash Law and Order song. Are you serious? I'm going to set it up right now. Well, we, we talked about the Queen's Jubilee, and we talked about Boris Johnson, and we touched on the L.A. mayoral primary. And now we can talk, John, about Biden going to Saudi Arabia to try to get them to lower gas prices. That's a fun – that sounds like a fun thing to have to do that makes you feel good. Yeah. I mean, that's – t- yeah. What kind of negotiating sucks. is that? He's completely on their turf, you know? Do you think Jared Kushner will actually show up and surprise him and be there? Yeah, he might. He's got a lot of business over there. That story came and went, huh? The story about how that fund, that Saudi Arabia investment fund that's kind of run by, what's his name? Yeah, Affinity Partners. Jared Kushner runs this investment fund. He's never run any other type of funds. The only big deal he's ever done is buying that big building in New York. 6666 Hail Satan. Right. Um, And... So now he did this deal with the the Saudis. They invested two billion dollars. Oh, can you imagine? And his fund only has two point five billion under management. So it's basically just all the Saudis. And also, didn't they have like? Wasn't their internal document like, "Do not under any circumstance give this kid money. He has no idea what he's doing." Yeah, the fund managers were completely against it. Um, uh, yeah, I think here's the, here's the, here's the quote, the inexperience of the affinity fund management, the possibility that the kingdom would be responsible for the bulk of the investment and risk. Um, and, uh, yeah, they wrote that the operations were unsatisfactory in all aspects. Um, and it was a, just a major public relations risk. So that that was the uh, the S- Saudi advisors to the fund. And this happened back in yeah, it was back in April or something. That really came and went. I know a lot of news stories come and go, but as someone who can get fixated on people like Jared Kushner, I really wish that one had had just a little more legs. Like that's pretty. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. But I would you, put that in my pretty else, wild. 
car. You know what else was wild about just reading about it? They were like, you know, one of the reasons what we think that the the fund it was excessive was that the Saudis only invested one billion in Steve Mnuchin's fund. Steve Mnuchin, former Secretary of the Treasury. And I'm like, wait, he has a fund? Yeah, man, they all got some funds. You've got to get yourself a fund, and then you've got to get some of Mohammed bin Salman's money up in your fund. And that's how you turn a fund into fun. Ah, uh, yeah. John Elon Musk says that there will be a million people on Mars in 2050. That's less than 30 years from now. What do you think about that? Okay. I know you say that nobody, I know you say that nobody's ever going to be on Mars and I disagree with you. I think people are going to be on Mars, but I nobody's think- Nobody's ever e- going to be on Mars. A human foot will never touch the surface of Mars. I think what Elon Musk is saying here is insane. A million people are going to be on Mars in A million years. people. A million people. Yeah. It's crazy. But you know, he said he would have people on Mars within 10 years, 10 years ago. So this guy's track record is a little off. I the wheels, I hope the wheels are finally coming off. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, this Twitter thing is not working out for him. He keeps trying to get out of it. He's making all these terrible arguments. We didn't even talk about the thing that came out with the former flight attendant on his company jet. We didn't? Every, well, everyone knows about it. The quarter million dollar hush money settlement because he wanted her to masturbate him and he, he was going to give her a horse. Yeah. And that all the flight attendants on his jets were encouraged to take massage classes that they paid for themselves in case he ever wanted a massage. Yuck. Yuck. Another Shakespeare original. Yuck. That guy. Shakespeare. Yeah. Wait a minute. We, we haven't talked about the pencil sharpening. Oh. You need to thank Jeff. The EPM, the EPM Patreon Airport Limo Cooperative is up and running. It's alive and well. Thank you to EPM Patreon listener Jeff, who offered to pick me up at the airport using what three words? He drove me from the airport to my hotel and he brought donuts, which I ate later that night. Nice. Laying in bed, eating those donuts. Terrific. So I was doing this thing in Minneapolis, sharpening, supervising the sharpening of this um, 20-foot tall pencil that was sculpted out of a broken oak tree on Lake of the Isles. And we had a good turnout. And I will say there are a lot of listeners there. If I had known we had so many EPM listeners in um, Minneapolis, I would have organized a meetup. But in addition to Jeff, there are a lot of other people who, who showed up. So thank you very much. It was nice meeting all of y'all. Um, it was fun. I didn't know what to expect, but they pulled it off. The eccentric millionaire whose, whose vision this was and whose lawn the pencil was on did a good job. Like it was a full bill of, um, dancing and t-shirts and ice cream and speeches and pencil trivia. And, um, yeah, somebody linked uh, a video of your speech that you gave. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The kids had a lot of good questions about pencils. I invited the kids to ask me questions about pencils and that was a lot of fun. I will say, though, that one of the highlights of the of my weekend in Minneapolis was, listen to this, John, imagine how I must have felt, you knowing my interests. Friday night, I was wandering around and I went to a bookstore to buy a book. I, when I'm traveling, I love to go eat at a restaurant by myself with a fresh book or magazine that I just bought. So I went to this great bookstore called Majors and Quinn. It's the best kind of bookstore. It's like Powell's when they have the new books and the and the used books mixed in together. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, I bought a book that I had heard about that I figured would be the perfect book to read while I ate dinner by myself. The new book about SST Records, the history of SST Records. It's like a 400-page book about our favorite record label from when we were in high school. So I go to this rooftop seafood restaurant and I'm sitting there 
Are you listening to me? <laughs> yeah. What are you do- what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm creating bitly links. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll just talk to the listeners. I'm not even going to talk okay. to you. Listeners, right. imagine this moment. I'm sitting at this rooftop seafood restaurant. I'm eating half a dozen oysters. I'm drinking a martini. I'm reading a book about the history of SST records. I'm on the roof. The sun is setting. And then Midnight City by M83 comes over the sound system. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the delight I was feeling in that moment? I was like, it doesn't get any better than this. Incredible. I was like, Minneapolis for the win. Another Shakespeare phrase, for the win. King Hamlet said it to um, Yorick. He said, your skull for the win, Yorick. Anyway, it was just a wonderful moment. I even wrote it down in my notes app in my phone. I was like, remember this wonderful moment. Remember all these elements. Fresh oysters, martini, SST book, sunset, and uh, Midnight City, the greatest song ever recorded coming on the sound system. It was terrific. The pencil sharpening was fun, like I said. Uh, and then I fl- and then I left. It was great. And John picked me up at the airport. John, you were gr- you were such a good friend to pick me up at the airport. Thank you. Hey, and Jeff, thanks no again. Problem. And yes, it is true that anyone who's on our Patreon, if you're flying into RDU, John Kimball will pick you up at the airport. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. I'm not sure we'll use what three words because David and I used it and it was a little It's a little janky. Aw. Yeah, it gets a little dicey sometimes. Yeah. I wish I had been listening to everything you said because I probably had questions. In a series of tweets on Thursday, Elon Musk revealed new details about his plan to build a city of 1 million people on Mars by 2050. I forgot there's actually <laughs> It's crazy. I forgot that also he it's not just going to going to shoot up a million people and stack them in a big pile on Mars like he's going to build a city. Yeah. Cuz it could have been if he hadn't mentioned the city he'd be like, "Oh, there's going to be a million people on Mars, corpses. There's going to be a million corpses on Mars." Right. Just a big pile of dead bodies. But he's going to have a city he says there's going to be jobs there for them. I think it said something like they're going to have like t- 23 rockets a month leaving or something. Yeah. All filled with supplies and stuff. And if you don't have the money to go, you can work it off once you get up there. Because he says, quote, there's going yeah. to be jobs. There will be a lot of jobs on Mars. That's when I'm like, there's no way. I wouldn't go to Mars in a million years for a trillion dollars. What kind of job are you going to have on Mars digging a ditch on Mars and being an indentured servant to Elon Musk's? private city state on Mars. He wants to build like a feudal, a feudal colony on Mars. Yeah. You could be a masseuse or a miner. I don't know. Exactly. Total recall miners. That's what they had. Yeah. And total recall. You're right. One of the few movies I've ever saw in the theater three times. We saw it three times in one weekend. You don't remember that, but we did. We saw it three times in one weekend. Okay. A lot of crazy stuff in that movie. Good movie. Listener questions, yeah. Mary Suzanne writes in, as a Pacific Northwest lady, I would like to respectfully submit that Slater Kinney is actually a place named Ban and possibly the best place named Ban. I'd forgotten about that. It's named after a street, but I'm not sure that's a place. John, what's your ruling on this? I don't know. I mean, I'm partial to cities. Yeah. Or or, or states. We give them honorary mention because it's a very tough and inscrutable name. I've always yeah, liked it. that is pretty cool. You know the other Riot Girl name I've always really liked? Team Dresh. That's kind of tough to name your band a team. Team Dresh. Don't really know about their music, but that name always stuck with me. Slater Kinney. I saw them once in concert. The Middle East in Boston. Yeah. 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 Leslie writes in, I was wondering if either of you had read Allison Wilmore's article, Theory, Top Gun Maverick is mostly a death dream. And if so... 
what your thoughts are on this theory. Well, I haven't seen the movie, so I think David might have thoughts. I read this article. Thank you very much for sending it. I loved it. I think this article is terrific and it makes total absolute sense that when Tom Cruise in the opening scene of the movie takes the top secret stealth fighter jet beyond Mach 10 in direct violation of the orders from his higher ups, if you can wrap your mind around that. Spoiler. And then it explodes that everything that happens after that is his death dream. All right. Occurrence at Owl Creek. uh, Call it an occurrence at Owl Creek Runway. An occurrence at Owl Creek. Al, what's the name of that one? An occurrence no, at Al. What? The famous short story where the an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Uh, Call yeah. it an occurrence uh, at Owl Creek. Owl Owl Creek. Owl Creek. Everybody, why don't we call it an? Think of it as an occurrence at Owl Creek Runway. There we go. That's it. <laughs> anyway, it's a terrific article. I recommend it on Vulture. If you've seen Top Gun Maverick, it makes the movie even more enjoyable if you think of it all as an ecstatic hallucination in the moments that Tom Cruise's body is being torn apart in an exploding airplane. All right. Does it does it hurt to read that article first and then go see the movie? Go see the movie first and then read the article. It's like coming out of the movie and then reading and then having a friend being like, you know what I think that movie was about? Okay, but but I just heard you talk about the article, so I'm, that's all I'm going to be thinking but about. But I'm not really saying much about the article. You have to see the movie. Okay, all right. Oh, my God. You know, Patrick wrote huh? in. Patrick, oh, he did? Yeah, he said, all I've right, been Patrick. enjoying John's thoughts on domains. His dot-com is king stance, notwithstanding... I'd like to request his opinion on this domain I just registered. And the domain name is unsinkable.boats. Dot boats. Come on. Is that really a thing you can – that's really a top-level domain? That is really a thing. I I just want to say that these type of domains, when they are put out in the wild in like a URL, like if you were to see this on a car, it said unsinkable.boats. I think a lot of people don't recognize it as a domain name. Or So you, if, if you register names like this that are not in, uh, you know, the, what is the word I'm searching for? Just the, the, the parlance. Yeah. The, the, the society's Whatever. Uh, unsync. Yeah, you just <laughs> need, you just today. need to use www.whatever in front of it so they can recognize that it is a weird. I see. Yeah. Yeah, because I think some people don't get it. Although, John, you know what? When I put a www in front of unsinkable.boats, it says the site can't be reached. It it only works if it's just plain old unsinkable.boats. Okay. Well, he'll have to set that up. you got to go to it. I did just now. It's amazing. I laughed out loud when I saw that. Go to unsinkable.boats, guys. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is. Don't put the www in. <laughs> That's a great fun domain name. I don't know what the renewals are on dot boats or whatever, but uh, I hope it's not a lot. Um, but domains, I love registering domains just for one-time jokes like that. Everybody loves URL comedy. We love domain comedy. Yeah, it's funny. It is funny. Yeah. Remember you wrote yeah, you wrote an article and referred to something at toiletsandfarts.com, and we, we registered that name. That's right. That was fun when we did that. Yeah. 
Andy writes in, hello, John and David. I'm Andy, a listener from Minneapolis, and I learned about the Lake of the Isles event shortly before getting dinner with my brother the other night. He's not a listener yet, but I was telling him about the event because I know he likes the area. As he was signing the check for the meal, he stopped to show me that the total after the tip came out to $82.82. I said, that was kind of neat. But he continued by saying it suddenly reminded him of a different meal check he signed the week prior, which came out to $41.41. Exactly Uh half of our current bill. Uh Uh-oh. Not only an impressive numbers coincidence, but it happened right in the middle of an EPM discussion. Mm -hmm. I hope this anecdote amuses, and I'm excited to see David at the event. Cheers. Yes. These numbers. Numbers. It's just the numbers saying hello, saying, hello there. We're from the numbers and and we're here now. That's a good message from the numbers. It is. I love it. Uh, Thanks, Andy. Nice to meet you if I met you. It all kind of blurs together. I think I met you. John, I heard a rumor that Stephanie wrote in with some fish weir news. Is that true? Oh my God. Yes. This was epic. Stephanie writes... Well, I finally went to Pingu County, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, in Taiwan, and I looked for some fish weirs. The pictures and video are too heavy for this email format, so I've uploaded them here. Now, I made a bit.ly link to the the photos. Uh, if you go to bit.ly slash fish weirs, it will take you to Stephanie's photo collection. She writes, first I went to the home of the stone weirs, which is Jibai Island. There I witnessed the weirs accomplishing- Oh my God, one this their, is amazing. One of their main duties, tricking fish by stealthily remaining underwater. <gasps> yeah, I didn't check the tide schedule on that day, but I took Google Maps screenshots confirming that they are there. Oh my Jibai God, that's also, so cool. I know, right? This is amazing. I'm so jealous. Jabai also has a stone weir museum, but it was closed temporarily. So I took some shots of the outside of the museum, including a sculpture of some people building a weir. So that Look trip, at this is a fish weir sculpture. Yeah. So that trip was a deception on the weir front. However, on my way back, I did a bit of research and saw that there was a stone weir less than a kilometer away from my hostel on the main island. It's not advertised anywhere because it's not special like the beautiful twin heart stone weir, but I found it by typing in stone weir in Chinese in Google Maps and lucky me, the next day's tide was at its lowest in the daytime. So here it is, the San Leon weir. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the most beautiful stone weir in the world. That one required island hopping, a boat tour, which was slightly out of my budget and way out of my schedule, but I'm still happy to see one. It was beautiful and impressive. And when I saw it, I realized how much I'd been looking forward to seeing one. Not just send you guys the picture, but it's really just a cool thing to see. This selfie she took in front of this fish weir with her baseball hat that has an American Cucumbers Are Bountiful sticker on it. Let this be our legacy, John. This is is firing on all cylinders right here. Yeah. I want to make like a giant poster and put it up in my <laughs> office. 
Thank you, that. Stephanie. This is ama- yeah. That was amazing field research. So cool. From our Taiwanese correspondent, our Taiwan correspondent. John, I heard a rumor, and it's really crazy, but I think it might be true. It was on the front page of Variety magazine that we mm-hmm. got a, a letter from Claire from Cincinnati. Yeah, so Claire from Cincinnati, rumor is true. She did write in. Okay. She's a medium-time listener, first-time emailer. She loves the show. She says, uh, love the show. She writes, you help ease my tension every election season. I know how you love your J.D. Vance shenanigans, but I'd love to see your takes on the race for Ohio State Auditor. Taylor Sappington is running for the Dems. He's 30 years old, openly gay, and from a small town in Appalachia, and clearly progressive. Sappington ran for city auditor in 2019, and within eight weeks of taking office, he ran an anti-corruption investigation that sent a former deputy auditor to prison. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, The current asshole state auditor, she writes, hasn't yet investigated the energy companies that have fucking publicly admitted to bribing elected officials. Uh, In parentheses, she writes, Google, First Energy, and Larry Householder, if you need a refresher, Householder is somehow still in office. I would love to see what y'all think of what is usually an entirely uninteresting race. And if y'all ever want a good chuckle on Ohio races, Howard Wilkinson writes politics for Cincinnati's NPR station, and he's decided that he gives no fucks now that he's mostly retired. Keep up the good work. Wow. We're going deep on this Ohio auditor race. Seriously. I'm on Predict It right now. I don't see any markets about the Ohio auditor's race. Then I saw this headline. What's going on in Ohio? Because Ohio Republicans just passed a bill where they were going to censor Canada or they were, they were, um, do you know what I'm talking about? They were going to formally censor Canada or say Canada was a threat to America. Hold on. Let me look up Ohio Canada. Oh, I thought it was this trans stuff. Ohio House Republicans vote to put Canada on a federal watch list. The Ohio House passed a resolution late Wednesday night that urges the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom to add Canada to a religious freedom watch list. Right. Republican. Oh, is this an, don't you think this is interesting and valid? Yeah. I, I just, it's exhausting. Come on, Ohio. What happened? Yeah. John, the older I get, the more I, the more things there are for me to simply shake my head at and tut tut. You feel the same way? Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah, it is. But good news, they're going to they're going to take some strong action on gun control and they're going to make it so children's cereals can no longer have coupons for AR15s on the back of the cereal boxes. So that's going to okay, make a big goodness. difference. <laughs> that's a compromise. Oh man, oh man. You know what they should call election season? Crazy season. Yeah. This election's going to suck. Joe Biden's over in Saudi Arabia trying to get them to lower gas. He can't do shit about anything, man. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm not Joe Biden. You know what we didn't talk about was all this um, college debt getting forgiven. $10,000. I know, but maybe maybe it's, maybe it's they're going to do more. We'll have to follow up with our friend Astra Taylor of Strike Debt and see what she thinks about it. I can't imagine. She's probably like, we don't accept anything other than full debt cancellation. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I'm totally for it. When they were talking about it on NPR, I was like, they need to do it all. Yeah, totally. That's the problem with these Democrats. Like, well, what if we just do 10,000? It's like, you're going to, everyone knows yeah, how we do feel it about all. this. There's I mean, no they're going to get hammered it. for doing 10,000. Right, just exactly. Do That's the thing. Just do the whole thing. Yeah, make a difference. 
Be legends. Yeah, exactly. John, do it and be legends. Yeah. I know there are a lot of things that were problematic about the fire festival, but Joe Biden really could stand to channel some of that spirit. And to be like, hey, man, let's go for it. Right. Let's just do it and be legends. Let's just do it and be legends. I mean, that was what I thought was going to happen when he first came into office. He was surrounded by all these advisors who thought Obama hadn't done enough in 2009 about that financial crisis. And Joe Biden was like, I'm so fucking old. What do I care, man? I'm not trying to get on the board of some company when I quit this gig. Let's just do it and be legends. He's been stymied and hornswoggled every step of the way. Well, uh, unemployment's low. It's at the lowest point since 1969. But inflation is high. You know, look at me. I'm like, I'm like George Carlin. They say on, this is a new documentary about George Carlin. I'm so over George Carlin. Who cares? Oh my God. You park in the driveway and drive in the parkway. That was good stuff. That really kind of stuff made you think. But then the end of his career, he was just like a podcaster. It was just like, the system's trying to keep you stupid. Nobody knows anything. You're smart and they're dumb. And that's why when you die, they put you on the ground because they think you're a worm. Oh boy. I'm really laughing at this fun comedy show. (laughs) Come on, George Carlin. You just hate him because he's a boomer, probably. Unemployment is low, but inflation is high. That's lukewarm water. No one wants to drink that. That's me. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I just get so agitated sometimes. Let's stop doing the podcast. Gas is high, too. And gas is high. He's like, you know why they keep the price of gas high? It's because we're all driving in our cars. We're driving in our cars because we don't want to hug and kiss anymore. Right. It's actually just I don't know. supply That's not and really demand. what he's like. It's mostly huh? just supply and demand. That's, that's why gas is Okay. You know, COVID's ending, so people are kind of getting back to work. I'm go- I got to go to the airport and pick you up at the airport every six days. I'm working your all ass. Over the country. I am working your ass. You're doing a good job yeah. and you're being a good friend. I really should have gotten an electric car. But you know who's the best friend? William Shay. If William Sh- how, how does George Carlin – I'm trying to remember George Carlin joke. What does he say? He says stuff like that, right? Like, you know, the reason they, they don't want what you're reading any – the reason they want you on your phones all – well, he wasn't really oh, – why is it so hard to think of how was to be like Was he the George original Carlin? bad boy? Maybe he's a genius. He's a genius. He was kind of – Why does a clock have a face and a table? <laughs> all right. I just thought – Wait a minute. Here's, here's, my, here's my impression of George Carlin. Why does a clock have a face and a table has a leg? The end. Goodbye. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Oh, boy. We're trying over here, guys. We're really trying, and we could really use your support. Thanks for listening, and tell your friends. What what What? was the punchline on that? That's it. Oh. You ever wonder why a clock has a face and a table has a leg? It's because you don't have a real body. Yeah. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And rate and review us. And thank you. Honestly, it was kind of chaotic energy today, but um, we just want to say thanks for listening. And um, we'll talk to you soon. My name's Dave, uh, Big Dave, and I'm saying I'm out of here. John, I'll catch you later. John, and I'll catch you on the other side. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And soon I'll tell you guys about this wonderful drum machine I bought off Craigslist. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Bye. Bye.